0: Welcome back to the Go to Hell podcast. Strong opinions weekly held about Christianity, the church, and faith. And beer.
1: Yeah, beer's not just like a side note, you know. No.
0: Wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler,
1: and whoever staggers because of them is not wise. Proverbs 21.
0: go to help podcast strong opinions weekly held about christianity the church and beer i'm your host tim Curley, and i'm joined by my co-host colton pierce colton how are we
1: doing good i was waiting to save this uh we talk a little bit beforehand i think we've gone over this but not that i'm doing anything about it but i think that it was really cool i saw it yesterday i was um i was going through uh some news articles again i try to as Try to get stuff for kids that's relevant for them to read um, and to go through. Of course, everything that we have is biased, and so we try to teach them like how to read for bias and those types of things. But I saw an article, um, and so I just I, I'm giving this clarification now because people are going to come after me if I say where I found this article on, and I just I found it on CNN, and it was talking about how uh, about. For like the fourth year in a row now, there's a country that has been nominated, or that is one the happiest country on earth, where the people have claimed to be the
0: most satisfied with their way of life, um,
1: and it's Finland.
0: No, that's I was gonna make a joke and say Finland because Finland's always been the most depressed country in the world.
1: It's Finland, <laughs> and they are opening their doors and. Uh, buying people all-expense-paid trips to Finland to go to, like, a happy like happiness wellness uh, seminar for, like, four or five days in the middle of the summer. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And all you have to do is just apply, and then you have to make, like, a quick little video of yourself and post it on your Instagram about how, like, I would like to, like, experience what happiness feels like in the way that, like, fi- Finnish people get to. And then they're going to go through and, and select some people and give them all-expense-paid trips to Finland. I was like, wow, that's really cool.
0: That is funny, because that's the opposite of what their history has been. They're known to be very, uh, not depressed, melancholy? Yeah, melancholy. Well, that must be why I'm so happy, because I'm quarter Finnish.
1: There you go. Oh, man, and I was watching this Finnish girl. She was, uh, she was giving an example of like one of the videos, and it was just really funny. I was like, oh, man, you're like the guy off of Frozen that like runs the store. I said, yoohoo, big summer blowout. (laughs) Says, half off swimsuits, clogs. (laughs) It's so funny. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, so Finland, you should take a trip this summer. Wow. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing pretty well. So what
0: are we drinking tonight?
1: are drinking, Anchor Brewing Company's steam beer. Uh, and it's pretty tasty. You know more about this than I do, but uh, this is my first time having it ever. And um, I kind of like it. I'm like, man, I could drink this. It's a nice little casual day drinking beer. I drink this poolside right here.
0: That's when I usually drink it. I'm looking at this. this? 4.9, been around since 1896. They've changed the label. I assume this is what, this is old school Anchor Steam Ale, which is a California, has its own classification, California Ale. They've changed the label, but they've changed the label on everything recently. This doesn't really say anything. So I assume this is the old school Anchor Steam Ale. And uh, yeah, this is the first craft beer I got into way back in the mid-90s, early early 90s. So... This is an old favorite. Don't drink it often, but when I do, I very much enjoy it. And, yeah, it's really good during the summertime around the pool.
1: It seems that way. Uh, later we'll be uh, diving into uh, what, are they based out of Texas? They are based out of Texas, right?
0: They are. They're based out of Texas.
1: We're going to drink a shinerbach Bock this evening uh, for all of our Texas listeners, Pod uh, Podrishners, if you will, um, to just join in on that. Uh, experience with us. Uh, we've had Shiner before. We've got a buddy who's l- over the moon for Shiner
0: Yeah, he's, he's all in on Texas.
1: Texas forever. Texas forever. Uh, he eats at Texas Roadhouse every single night. <laughs> uh, his uh, comforter is a one-star flag. Just so we're clear, he's from California, born in California.
0: <laughs> but he, has, he spent a couple summers in Texas. He lived in Texas for a little while, and he's moving back
1: yep that he is we're also going away this weekend so we've got lots of fun beers uh, to try this weekend and we'll be bringing home some uh, to try on the podcast and enjoy we're hoping that they at least those beers at least make it to the podcast at some point maybe not we may just drink it all dry um, before then so <laughs> uh, yeah so. the plan
0: is to hit uh, I think all beer that has all appeared on the podcast we're gonna hit uh, the main reason for the trip is Russian River for Pliny the Younger. Yep. Uh, the the other lesser known uh, Roman <laughs> yeah, uh, leader. <laughs> botanist. Uh, uh, and then Moonlight, which we had a couple weeks ago, which was a cross with... Uh, they were with Society. Society. And then we will do Bear Republic, which we've consumed before on this trip. I mean, on this podcast, and we've had lots of times. But we've never been to the tap house that's up there.
1: There's one in Petaluma. I mean, their main their main spot is in Healdsburg, but Healdsburg's still a little bit out of the way. So yeah, it's just uh, we'll just head up hit up the one on Petaluma on the way up there,
0: and then uh, probably Henhouse.
1: Henhouse for sure. Uh, no offense to you, just We're gonna skip out this year.
0: We, if we had a designated driver that was not <laughs> drinking, we could probably squeeze in. That's what they need. I was like San Petaluma. Diego, San Diego has the bar
1: tour or the the brewery tours where you're able to hit like you hop on a beer cart and you're just able to like go to hit Yeah, like, and five, if everything six, was in Santa rooms. Rosa it'd be better, but yeah, know, two of
0: them are in Santa Rosa, two of them are in two or three are in Petaluma, so Yeah. Actually, three of them are Petaluma. I was like...
1: Technically, I was like, Russian River's main location is in Windsor, and then you've got uh, their their spot up in... And then, like I said, uh, Bear Republic's up in Healdsburg, and yeah. So... I don't know. We're gonna have a fun time. There's a little spot that we also like to go to. Shout out to them. Uh, They're called the Beer Baron. They're not known for their beer. (laughs) Well, I mean, we we they do have a tremendous. They have a a a great beer selection. They have like 20 beers on tap, which is awesome. But that's not why you should go there. No. (laughs) Well,
0: if if you like bourbon and any kind of whiskey, American whiskey, bourbon, or single malt. Their whiskey the, wall is insane. The whiskey wall is insane. Yeah. They have an insane uh selection of all of them. So, uh, Yeah,
1: and they have like a and they have like a members only club area where it's like uh, they have stuff that they don't even put out on the shelves that's top, Yeah, top quality. So, and the food's really good, so <laughs> And don't just scan also this is important. Don't scan the code for the unless they fixed it we haven't been there in like a year but before it was when we would go there we would scan the code of what whiskeys do you have and then you would always ask and they were like okay and then they come back and they're like hey we don't have that one and then they come back we don't have that one and you're like okay let me just go in there and look and you go in there and look and they have like ten times more than what it said on the menu but it was just like go pick out the one that you want I have glasses this year so I'll actually be able to read it (laughs) whatever it says I did not have them last year and I was like I don't know give me something. So, that'll be fun. All right, uh, Hot Topic. <laughs> okay, if you've just joined us, we're talking about who is the best
0: Lord. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> of the Dance, or of the Flies. That's tonight's Hot Topic. Hot Topic. So, Hot Topic has gotta be, uh, this is Wednesday, day, uh, Tuesday, day after the terrible shooting in Nashville. Mm. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it needs to be discussed. I look, I'm not going to go into any details about the shooter. I don't really want to spend any time on details. I've, I've you know, I, I've been consuming a lot of news just to see what's going on, but, you know, people are already making, drawing conclusions on both sides of the aisle. Just let stuff, let the dust settle for a couple days before we start drawing lines and telling everybody what needs to be done and and all this kind of stuff i will i will say this uh and i'm not saying i don't know what was going through the person's head whether it was mental illness whatever but man it takes we got to call what happened what it is which is a profound act of evil to it's it's evil to kill six people period but to kill three nine-year-olds and three 60-year-olds kind of the i mean all due respect to 60 is not that old these days but you know (laughs) you are picking out people within the population that uh just don't generally get targeted like that certainly not nine-year-olds and i would even say 60-year-olds so it it just added to the Disgustingness of it, and again, I'm not going to get into guns or transgenderism or, or anything. We need to stop yelling at each other about things that need to be done, and until the culture starts cleaning itself up, this is gonna. I don't care what you do, I don't care how many guns you take away, I don't care what transgender rights you 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 give people or if you want to be the type that want to ban somehow ban it we have got to clean the culture up and do what we've talked about uh on several episodes which is learn to love our our enemies not just our neighbors but our enemies and that doesn't mean we have to agree But this culture we have where we demonize those that we disagree on on a whole variety of topics has got to stop. Because at some point, people out there, again, with either mental health issues and or are just downright evil, will digest that stuff and take it as prerogative to commit the kinds of acts that we saw yesterday and we've seen all too often the last couple years. So... Politicians out there, people listening, you all listening to this podcast who get into fights and say nasty things because it makes you feel good on calling someone a name on Twitter or Instagram or whatever your social media, it's got to stop because it is, it's killing us, literally, and it's tearing us apart, and we don't have much long, we can continue to kid ourselves that we are the strongest nation in the world, but folks, we are not. And we are balkanizing ourselves quickly. And that's only one of many problems that we have. But it's it's got to stop. And anybody listening to this, please heed my words and step up and be a leader in whatever ecosystem you have. And stop participating in that kind of language. Stop demonizing your enemies. I'm not telling you you have to agree. If you're a Republican with a Democrat, you can still vote the way you want. But stop demonizing people who disagree with you.
1: I mean, I'd like to go in a different direction. I think not like in a completely different direction. I just think that also on this topic and listen, I, if we've been doing this podcast for a while now, um, and there's going to be topics that come up and maybe sometimes we hit them. Sometimes we don't just kind of depends on where things lie, um, when we hit them. And so, we are well aware that this isn't the first school shooting that's happened since we started this podcast. Um, we know that there are some current events that we've missed and that kind of stuff. But, you know, just for whatever reason, tonight it weighs heavy on us and it, it feels right to talk about. I think just for me personally and just kind of similar to what I, what Tim is talking about, where Tim is saying that there are lasting effects that are being caused from this Um that are affecting all of us for anybody that believes that you're removed from this whole situation. There's things that are happening because of this that are changing the way that we interact with one another. And it's true. And and actually what I find one of the saddest things, I mean, the sad things is, yes, the events that happen. But what I'm saying about what happens with us And what I it breaks my heart is that we continue, whenever these things happen, we continue to lose trust and faith in people. Um, And we lose trust and faith in the school system. Is it safe enough to send my child to school? Are they going to be protected? Um, Those are legitimate worries and doubts that people have. And I'm not saying that they're not founded. There's something going on there. There's people that are saying, can I trust? Can I... Can I have faith in my neighbor who uh, owns weapons or maybe they're mentally unstable? There's con- like with this stuff, you're having lots of people that are that are losing trust and faith in people. and this becomes a very sickening and very isolating place to put yourself in. And so very similar to what Tim was saying is that as you continue to, sit there and think that over and over again, and you don't think of this as an anomaly. You see this as... uh And I. this is also where it's very difficult, is that the news will... I, I get so frustrated, because I'm not the type that thinks that f- news is fake. But if you really understand language and you understand what's going on, you'll notice that everything is over-dramatized. Um... In news outlets, it doesn't matter what news outlet you go to, the word choices that they use, they're meant to evoke emotional responses out of you. Um, You should feel like this is pressing, that this is urgent every single time that you read something. Um, And so you feel the sense and your body gets anxious and nervous when you read the news or when you hear the news because they are making it, they they are selling it to you. And they are making you see that it is important for you to do something and take action immediately on every single issue, and especially this one. And your bigot and the best thing that you can do is actually just or according to the news, is to be scared of your neighbor. You should not have trust in your neighbor. And that's sad. Because it's not what we're called to do as kingdom people, and so it's very frustrating and very sad. I do agree with Tim that there is an element of where we are isolating ourselves in these schools of thought, and we become more tribal as this goes along, and we uh, do us versus them and our mental states. Um, Depending on whatever it is that you feel about this whole issue— Right, if people had, if teachers had guns in the schools and they could have done something about it, it took 14 minutes for police officers to get there. Um, and it would have taken a teacher two minutes, you know, all that kind of stuff. I get it, but again, I still think that that comes down to the lack of trust. Teachers need to carry guns on them so that because they don't trust that they're that it's safe enough in their school environment to be able to. Or they don't have the ability to trust the, the systems that are put in place and that kind of stuff. And so it's very, very sad. And it's a step backwards for mankind every single time one of these things happen. But we need to rebuild. And so, I don't know. That's just what I would say about it.
0: Remember in these troubling times with the three, what our three callings are to do. Love God, love our neighbor, love our enemy. So keep it simple. All right, item two, much more lighthearted. It's quite silly, actually. So in a previous episode, you mentioned Mr. Tyson describing an interesting theory. I'm going to call it a theory. I haven't read up on it. I'm not disc- I'm not trying to belittle what he said. But the this theory, which sounds like a good one, that assuming this Earth hangs around long enough, somebody will look into the sky and not see stars anymore. Is that correct?
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yes.
0: All right. So, uh, truth be told, we did record an episode last week, and <laughs> as soon as we were done... We have a ghost episode. Apparently didn't save it, so it disappeared. So we're going to do this again. We are going to record all of the remaining existential questions we have left it'll probably end up being a two maybe three part episode i don't know and then we will start on our uh promised mere christianity next week we'll start recording it so in the sometime in the next couple weeks you will start hearing uh mere christianity so that gives you plenty of time to start reading if you want to be reading along when we do one chapter at a time uh, it, may already be a, read it, it may be
1: a couple of chapters at a time. I think sometimes they're like, I mean, true. The nice thing about it was like, if you read mere Christianity, each chapter is like three pages. So true. Um, I was like, it may be a little bit more depending on the size of the book that you have. Mine's pretty big. I've got like a huge like CS Lewis collection and it's all in like one book. So Right. Um, And there's a possibility that we go through some of those other books as well. So sit tight and follow along. But for tonight. We're back on our existential questions. Yes, we did kind of some silly ones last week. uh, Tonight, I'm looking through these, Tim. We've got some heavy hitters tonight. We've talked about some of these, but maybe there's going to be some questions that we just maybe didn't look at it from that particular side before. Some of these are going to be a little easier. Some not so much. It's kind of how it's always been, but we're having some fun. So first off, uh, Tim, do you believe in fate?
0: No. Why not? I just don't it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like something that fits within the christian worldview that you are destined that something is destined for you to to happen to you uh you might one might argue that for some of us there's fate uh you could argue you know if we take i see. certainly the new testament uh literally there was fate involved in the the disciples there was fate in how paul was chosen uh if we look at moses someone like moses in the old testament he was certainly chosen so you know i don't know is being chosen by god fate
1: can you can you deny god if he chooses you
0: i'm sure you could theoretically you could
1: yeah, so then my question is is that so then would that be considered fate or no? Um,
0: well one could say if 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 the times that God does kind of go out of the hands off approach and intervenes by choosing someone, so to speak, if you got God talking to you, you and you, you might know it and it's a lot harder to refuse him it's like talking to the godfather so i don't know i i but yeah i don't believe in fate in terms of how the general the the general population the culture believes in fate certainly not from a greek an old greek perspective either
1: fair enough so then question number two if fate exists do we have free will I mean, just simple question. Do we have free will?
0: Oh, yeah. The Here's the... Let me... I'm going to go with this from a different perspective. Look, the problem with fate is those who believe in fate, it often leads to them believing... This is not only secular people, but Christians as well over the years who believed in... Let's just call it... Can we call can we equate destiny with fate?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would equate that. Same thing.
0: When you start believing in that, then you then then you start doing whatever it takes to ensure the fate or destiny you think you have been given or is just been handed over to you or however the process goes, it then it leads to really bad possible outcomes by the person who's ensuring that their fate or their destiny is insured.
1: Yeah, I think that when it comes to destiny and this idea of fate, the only thing that's spelled out for you is that you have been given something, and that is your life. I think that destiny has given you a life um, for whatever reason throughout all of humanity and all of the crazy things that have had to happen in the world in order enough to eventually get down to you, you are now destined to have a life. Congratulations, it's been bestowed upon you. And now it's your choice to do with it as you will. Um, and your life has been given to you by God. He gave this um, and he saved you um, from things, but you would have to, um, you know, follow him in those types of things. And so uh, that we've talked about on this podcast, I'm like downplaying those types of things like, you know, loving your neighbor and, and that kind of stuff. But that is where um, the destiny part is you have free will in this life. It's completely up to you um, what it is that you want to do and the person that you want to be. Um, there's no there's no divine hand guiding you through or anything, or where it, there's some curse coming in your way or whatever because of you are you create yourself to be who you want to be, um, and so that's uh, just kind of one of those things that are important, I think, for a lot of us to wrestle with. I think it's kind of used as a scapegoat sometimes. It's kind of what Tim was kind of getting at, where it's um, you know. Uh, and that's all that you pursue to make sure that that destiny uh, goes into effect or whatever. But um, the only thing that's guaranteed in this life is your life and death.
0: So well, I think that's you and I probably struggle together and a lot of, I think a lot more Christians increasingly as they take this view of the Old Testament as it being like an, an ancient document similar to an ancient, Greek or Babylonian or take take your pick document and how it views God. And even though it's focused on the same God we worship, it's still people struggling with that ancient view. And ancient people did believe in fate. They did believe that they were tools of God, both bad and good. I mean, that's pretty much all of Greek literature is the fate of... Ulysses, or Ro- in Rome, Roman the the equivalent, of the the fate of oh, well, who is it in the Aeneid? Aeneid the, but anyway, there's this fate that the gods have de- delivered to you, and and you're just this pawn in in the world, making your way through and trying to survive, and unfortunately, that has leaked into Christianity over the years as well. Of we look at it as from a more positive thing, well, we look at it as a We've been given this, fated this this responsibility, so it can get you into trouble.
1: Yeah. Number three, what's humanity's biggest mistake? Besides women? <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> nah, God made women. Uh, God's biggest, mis- I mean, God's, humanity's biggest mistake. Well, right now, you could say there's a pretty strong argument to be made that it's denying God's existence is a, is the biggest mistake one could make. Biggest mistake humanity has made. And that's just not now. That's also, I mean, someone could flip, someone who's not a Jesus person listening to this could flip the flip the tables over and say, well, plenty of people believed in God and it's led to, all, or a God or gods, and it's led to all kinds of misery and destruction. And that's certainly true. And you might find it clever or avoiding the difficulty of acknowledging that to say, well, they haven't followed Jesus in the proper way, Uh, kind of mimicking what Nietzsche said, which is the only true Jesus follower was Jesus and everybody else has failed miserably. But, uh, you know, we spent, the 1800s began a very, the late 1800s began a very steep Turn turning away from God, both in the in the Western world from the Christian God, in French and German philosophical thought. And then Americans imported that, and it took hold in Europe and also in China and a lot of other places, and led to mm, somewhere north of a hundred million people dying over a century. So, yeah that's probably one i'd think of
1: yeah i'd i'd agree i'd say that they're like i'm trying to rack my brain for like a very specific incident where i think humanity turned or something where it, it just caused so much devastation where um there was a failure that happened there um uh, to where we view humanity's biggest mistake and I still feel like something that is true about well I don't know we've had this discussion before so I'm I still think that there's a lot of indifference that exists in humanity and it's hard there's depending on how we should respond to said indifference is is different for every single person and different for every single situation. But there is a, we know the calling, we know what we are being asked to do and yet we sit there and turn a blind eye to a lot of things and a lot of uh, stuff that continues to happen throughout the world and we just uh, accept it. This is something that we talked about earlier where we asked what are some harsh truths that we ignore. Um, Poverty is one of those things. Um, You know, hunger um, is one of those things where these are cruel truths that we, a lot of Americans, a lot of us, a lot of humans choose to ignore because um, we don't feel like we can make a difference or whatever or it's not our problem or there's a variety of different reasons that go about in our psyche about this. And so, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those things where I feel like it is a um, a big mistake that we make
0: as humans. I think you're right, and I think there's a curse of modernity that we're having a really hard time dealing with, and I think it's probably one of the reasons why there's so much more anxiety, depression, etc. today, and that is because our brains, our psyche, emotional stability can only handle so much tragedy, and we have opened... By, by through the internet and then through these portable computers that are in our hands all day long, we have exposed ourselves to a level of tragedy and depravity, et cetera, et cetera, that our brains, I don't think, are capable. Our our psyche, our brains, isn't capable of processing, and it leads to either what I said. It's either depression or anxiety, a feeling of hopelessness, because there's... You know, when I when I hear stories about schools wanting to get kids more involved in world events, I that's the last thing kids need to be... I don't even know if it's... I don't even know if it's good for adults for us to be as plugged into what is going on in the world as possible. We can only handle a certain amount of Problem sol- problems that have to be solved and it leads to on the extreme what i've been talking about or on the other side which is still not is, which is isn't any better an indifference to be like ah the world's just fucked up i'm just not going to do anything so i'm not not only can since i can't solve the problem in angola and their famine i'm not going to deal with the problem we've got here in the united states because it's all just one big shit show and who cares right and much like what we've talked about you you in particular about making politics more local i think if we unplugged quite a bit from the amount of news we digest not just from the world but even the united states you it's not really your problem that there is, if you live where we live in Tulare, California, that there's a big strike going on in Maine. I'm sorry, with all with all due respect to the people in Maine, I can't solve your problem, and it really doesn't help me. It distracts me from the issues that are going on around me in my town, in my county, in my state, to be consumed by what's going on with you and we i i think we'd all like to think oh we can all pray about all these things no there again there's only so much time and mental and emotional capacity one can lend to these things right so i think if we unplugged more and really focused on what's going on in your town or even better in your church or whatever social group you is you you're in and throw yourself into that and find out what big problem there is in your town and throw yourself at that. I think one you'd find out you can actually make a difference. Yeah. Cuz that's really what you're called to do and yes, some of us are called to go be missionaries somewhere and go solve big problems. I'm not saying that's not the case, but for most of us deal with Swimming in the little fishbowl that you swim in and deal and make that little fishbowl a better place,
1: yeah no, I agree, and I
0: think that would go a long way towards dealing with what you what brought this up was which is the indifference yeah question four
1: is suicide ever justified if so when <laughs>
0: Well, I'm not going to say it's justified, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to take the other extreme position that it's some unforgivable sin. It's still a sin. I can see why I know of people in our local area who were suffering profoundly from physical problems and felt that was the only way out, so... Again, I'm not going to say that it's justified, but yeah. I'm, I'm the more the older I get, the more uncomfortable I, I get on talking about it. But it's it's a fair question. I uh, for this question, actually, Tim and
1: I had had this conversation a couple of I think it was last week or maybe it was a week or two ago. I just actually got done reading uh, two weeks ago Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Mmm. It's not my favorite book. <laughs> uh, for anybody on this podcast, uh, my favorite book is The Hobbit, um by Tolkien. Uh I love the whimsicalness, um the sense of adventure. Um just to so clear, people die in The Hobbit and then the dwarves, uh, not all of them make it. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't read it in the last 100 years, that's your fault. And so I, I that is kind of my – that's a nice cozy soft spot for me. The road is not cozy soft spot. Uh, when you read that book, I felt extremely tense. Um, the entire time I was reading it, I felt on edge. Uh, there's this kind of situation going on, and for those of you that have never read it, to give you an idea, uh, they don't ever say it, but basically what's happened is that the world – has gone into its nuclear winter. Um, uh, the father is dying of radiation poisoning, and he has a son. And the son is um, not dying at this time, anyways. But um, uh, And they had a mother. And the people that are left in the planet are all eating each other um, because there's no other source of food. Um, Other than canned foods Which are scarce because they've all been Plundered and uh, rummaged through And so all that's left is To eat each other And so there's nothing but cannibals on the road Instead of people that are just scavenging for food um, From canned foods And things like that And so uh, His wife ends up Killing herself Because she knows That she's sick um, she knows that uh, uh, they can't run for forever, and eventually, these people that are the ones that are the strongest are the ones that are the ones that are eating other people um, because they have weapons and they're able to do things um, with that. And so, she can't take the stress, she can't take it, um, and so she takes her own life. Now we can sit here and we can say that this is a very far-fetched situation and a lot of people when they read this book they don't blame the wife for doing this. Um, And even then the kid says throughout the book the son constantly says that he doesn't want to live anymore Um, because all he does is he walks on that road and his father says that we have to carry the fire. Um, And really what that means there's a hope for someday something to be different, and we have to live in that hope. Um, but yet the Father doesn't exactly live that way. Um, is kind of one of the situations in that book. Um, and so through that process, and kind of what I'm getting at here is that we can sit there and we can say, well, this is far-fetched. Um, this isn't something that's very common, but yet, actually, I think Cormac McCarthy was talking about something that happens on, on the human condition on a regular basis. It's not just something um, that happens in a post-apocalyptic situation. Is that things get challenging and things get tough. The uh, People get sick, people get hurt, or whatever, and, and there's some times where we sit there and we don't blame people for taking... Their own lives For whatever situation We we look at it um, There's lots of reasons Out there For uh, what uh, The number one cause of Death in agriculture For um, For farmers or whatever Is actually suicide Um, It's like the leading cause For a certain age of farmers out there Sorry, that's a terrible. I like that's terrible that I just like drew that out and like no specifics or anything like that. But uh, (laughs) unfortunately, it is true. um, And we've known, like Tim said, it's not only just people that have gotten sick in our area. It's people that have fallen upon hard times where uh, they don't see any other way out of the over the collapse of their company. I was like. There's with the banks failing right now. If you're not terrified of a recession right around the corner, I mean, you don't need to be terrified of it, but if you are not sitting there thinking that that's coming, I'm sorry, I feel like you're a little bit ignorant. Um, and so, knowing that, and knowing that there's people out there that are going to be sitting there facing economic turmoil and not knowing a way out. What that looks like. There's students and children who face those types of pressures where they don't know if there's a way out. Um, I still remember in my 20s and in uh, when I was younger, um, even before that in my teenage years, of just sitting there and believing that I was locked into who I was going to be for forever because that's just the, the hole that I had dug for myself or whatever, not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and not being able to see any of that and what that looks like. I'm not saying I was suicidal, but I'm just saying that I remember that hopelessness of staring down the barrel of long years of work in order for that to happen and it would be so much easier for some of these people and that's what they think in their heads. And so I'm not saying that it's justified, but again, you begin to understand and you begin to sympathize um, and empathize with these people. Um, that sit there and have these thoughts on a regular basis. Instead of judging them, um, you can see what it is that they're going through that makes it so tough. Um, And no, just saying that God has a plan does not
0: work. (laughs) Well, I think it's that kind of nonsense and the other nonsense you and I have talked about on this podcast from the very beginning that has led to some of the Christian folks that we know commit suicide because they've been told sunday school tropes as adults and those things don't hold water and when they don't it is understandable why they lose what jesus is ultimately supposed to provide which is some level of hopefulness in a fallen world so when we tell people god's got a plan for you if you're being if you go to a church that sells prosperity gospel you are setting people up and i'm sorry when the worst sort of thing happens you got blood on your hands because you've sold people bad theology and sometimes that stuff at its worst is toxic doesn't even describe uh just as a side complete aside, our pastor this sunday we've we've started a a building campaign. Buildings require money. It's actually for those folks listening because we've talked about churches and campuses and how modern church might be dying out. We're not building a new building on our campus. We're building a building by a school that will be for the community uh, with the blessing of the city and the school district. It will be an education center And our pastor, this isn't the first, anytime he brings up money and giving money, it is so refreshing to hear him say, if you give $100,
1: you'll be $100 poor.
0: You're going to be $100 poor. And if you're doing this to get rich, someone's...
1: He's like, let me know if that ever happens. Let me know if that ever happens. (laughs) So that way I can get in on it.
0: Someone has sold you a bad bit of theology. (laughs) Again, just an aside of just putting things in perspective and not telling a bunch of people well, give $500 and the Lord's going to bless you because someone might lose their job and that $500 might have meant something. And now they're out a couple thousand dollars because they gave it to the church. And not only did they not get more money back there out of the job and their mortgages due, and their kids got have to have braces and they're going to lose their car and et cetera, et cetera. And it's, not surprising why they give up complete hope hopeful, hopefulness. So Oh, you mentioned the recession. I think you were you were uh were you you might have been going towards this. There's a statistic, I've read it before, I've heard it in movies. I think it's cited in it might be in The Big Short. It's also in a phenomenal movie called Margin Call, which is a dramatization of how the 2008 like literally in a Financial institution. This financial institution begins the sell-off that that becomes 2008. Amazing movie. Uh, they mentioned this statistic as well. There's a there. I'm sure there's some sort of study done out there, peer-reviewed study that that says that for every increase in the unemployment rate or something to that effect, the suicide rate goes up by certain numbers. Yep.
1: Number 5 is taking a human life ever justified. We've talked about this oh, before. Oh boy. Tim got to be on the other side of the conversation last time. I think he's given his his two piece on this one. But I mean like when Andy and I first started, he was kind of just uh when Andy and I had this conversation, he uh just kind of was working as a moderator, answering or asking questions and trying to fill in and all that kind of stuff. So, Tim gets to answer it now. I've said on this podcast, for me personally, the answer is no. I don't think that taking a human life is ever justified. I, but, so
0: I'm I'm going to disagree. Right. But I'm going to be much closer to you. My I've stated for the for the record, if someone broke into my house and was threatening my wife, and let's say I had children, still had children in the house, and I mustered up the courage to in that person's life, I would do it. And I fully admit I would probably spend the rest of my days feeling profound remorse for commit, for taking that life. And if you're listening to this saying, why would you feel bad about someone coming in and threatening the life of your kids, threatening to rape your wife, you saved them, why should you feel bad about it? Uh, that's what being a Jesus follower is. I, sometimes we have to make bad decisions that are the least bad and for me taking a life would be a bad one but worse would be letting that person do things to my innocent family but that still doesn't take away the fact that i felt i had to take a life and that is not at all what god wants i think that's fair um and i i that i stated that when we had the original conversation at the brew at our brewery company when we first had it that then led to the podcast we had. And I thought, I think much like you, when you said what you said about being, not being able to do something, I think you probably expected a lot of like, you're crazy. And it was a lot of respectful. Oh, I could, uh, that's okay. I, I see that. I don't agree with it, but I see that when I said what I said, I got a lot of, yeah, even from, I think the more <laughs> hardened, the tough guys, the the toughest tough guys of our group, we put it that way. I got a, a lot of nodding heads like, yeah, I that's probably accurate for them as well. Yeah. It wouldn't be something they would at the very least it wouldn't be something they'd be going around bragging about and wanting attaboys and way to go. Right,
1: definitely not. Number six That's kind of an interesting question. Does suffering
0: improve you as a person? Well, it certainly can. I would... (laughs) Well, if you run across someone who apparently has never had any suffering, they are insufferable. So, yeah, I think suffering is part of character building. Uh, It keeps you grounded. It keeps you with a proper perspective of the world.
1: So then why do we try to keep ourselves from suffering?
0: Well, no one wants pain. But we try to keep our children from it. We, Well, we do. <laughs> that's another modern curse. So then we make our children
1: insufferable.
0: Oh Well, in a lot of ways we have made our <laughs> children insufferable. I think it's part of the reason why some of us find the younger generations a lot more insufferable. Not all of them, but there's a lot more insufferable younger people than there used to be. Uh, You know, when, before modernity in the 20th century and and one lived more closer to the natural world, tragedy was a hard thing. You couldn't avoid tragedy. You had people dying, mothers dying of in childbirth. uh, Fathers dying of lung cancer. Fathers dying of lung cancer. uh, Just... getting attacked by critters dying of the flu children dying the flu the measles so you are seeing it all the time look too much of it makes people hardened and looks at the world as a cold dark place and so who gives a shit about trying to be a light in the world so you know too much of it is certainly a problem uh but i think one of the things we've convinced ourselves in a modern world is that we can shelter our kids from tragedy and sometimes well, it's not tragedy. What was, what was the specific word? Suffering. Suffering. I
1: think that the term that we're just looking for is. I think that there is a, that there is a healthy amount of suffering that you can't, that you need to experience in life. Yeah, I think that there is that too little is not enough. Too much is too much. You know, there there needs to be a balance to where it's like, yeah, you need to experience failure. Uh, failure is how we grow and how we develop. You need to understand what it's like to have your heart broken and to have all of this kind of stuff, you know, um, to bounce back and understand that you don't want to feel that way. What is it that you need to do to improve and develop? It's through those processes that we sit there and we say, "Okay, I know what I can endure and I know what's best for me.
0: Um, Yeah, and that's the problem when you shelter children from it is when they get to be 25 and you've sheltered them and they've lived some –
1: and then they got to learn that lesson at 25 nice, instead of at eight years yeah, old. Yeah, some
0: nice, wonderful life growing up in Newport Beach and never had any anything remotely close to pain or suffering. And they're now in in the real world at 28 and something comes along and they curl up in a ball and decide to quit the world. Yeah, that's what happens.
1: I think that's a good call. Thanks for listening to the Go to Hell podcast, show opener voiceover, and me, courtesy of Eleven Labs. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Hit us up at Twitter at the Go to Hell pod and Instagram at Go to Hell
0: pod. Email us at Tim at Go to Hell podcast dot com or Colton at Go to Hell podcast dot com. Now you know the drill. Go to hell.